0: Want the reward? Do the damn work. Challenge yourself. Inspire change. Choice, not luck. What's happening everybody? Todd Crandall from Racing for Recovery with another awesome Ignite Euphoria podcast. And as usual, I'm excited to talk to this dude. I'm interested to see what he asks me and some of the responses he shares with you all. This is Caddy. How are you today, sir?
1: I'm pretty good. How are you?
0: I'm good. I think the first thing I want to say is you at least could represent Racing for Recovery a little bit more effectively. I don't I don't get it.
1: I mean, I, I feel like my wardrobe has pretty much narrowed down to Racing for Recovery gear. Um, all my major life events, I'm seem to be wearing a racing shirt so
0: um okay let's start with that give me the most significant life sober event that you were wearing one of our t-shirts or hats or something in i mean definitely when my daughter was born now we have pictures of me
1: cutting the cord and i'm wearing a baby blue racing shirt so
0: yeah I can say, and we both know, our slogan is with sobriety, anything is possible. Mm -hmm. That, what you just said, is something I never thought that I would be talking about on one of our podcasts. What was that moment like for you?
1: Um, It's unlike anything I've ever experienced. So it wasn't something, it was something that I always wanted, but I never really I guess I didn't see how I was going to get there until I got sober, got here, and life started coming together for me. So,
0: Were you cognizant of all of that as you were having that ultimate experience with your daughter?
1: In, in the moment, no. I was just living in the moment. But, you know, afterwards, thinking back, like looking at the pictures, and I noticed the racing T-shirt, and I'm like, mm-hmm wow that you know that really ties together because all this is possible because of what you know racing has done for both of us
0: you know i'm i'm looking at that that choose love shirt i think i of all of our shirts i like that one the best it's the one that when i see um it evokes some emotion in me still what does that saying, choose love, that's in our it's even in our choices book, what does that mean to you?
1: Um. I I feel like living the lifestyle that, you know, we lived before getting sober, that wasn't a life very filled with love, you know, it was a lot of selfishness and hate and sadness. And as we heal and get better, at least for me, you know, it was making that choice, like, today I'm living out of out of love like my intentions my motivation is is love love for myself love for others love for life like you know that if you if you can just live with the intention of love I think you'll be all right
0: so I don't and you know I don't ask this a lot, but it's relative to this. And I have to figure out a way to not ask it and just say it. But how long have you been sober with us?
1: Um, On December 1st, it'll be 18 months.
0: That's awesome, dude. Mm. And you, we did do an, yeah, you got an icon picture, right?
1: Um, I... I didn't get one for the website. I know I, I'll probably put this out as a caveat just because some people are watching. Back in March or something, I took some herbal supplement, whatever that isn't isn't like a an actual scheduled drug. It's over the counter stuff, but because of that, it can't it comes up on on some of your screens. And you know, I, I didn't take it with the intention of I'm gonna get high. I was, it was just like a energy focus type thing, which. It was made aware to me by, you know, some past faculty members that that wasn't okay and because of that they at the time chose not to put my picture up, which it doesn't really make a difference to me. I know I know how long I've been sober, so um, but that's the reason why they chose not to put it up there at the time.
0: This is the first time I've done one of these podcasts where I wish I had a redo because Everything you just said right there, we're erasing that, not that we're going to take it out of this. That shouldn't have happened. You're okay. Mm-hmm. Your date stands. Yeah. So that whole experience is irrelevant. But we will take a picture today and get that up. I appreciate that. Yeah. I um. I was unaware of that. It kind of caught me off guard, and usually I'm not caught off guard. <laughs> but no, that's a, yeah. that doesn't matter, dude. Right. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I kind of thought that question might come up, so I thought about it beforehand. I'm like, I should probably just clarify that, just because I know I don't want some people watching and saying, "Hey, you know, that's that's not how it happened." So,
0: see what happens when you're honest. Right. I wouldn't even aware of that to ask you that I mean, question. We're yeah, good. Cool. Um, we'll do that today. Uh, with that, well, I can use that. How'd you feel when that? When you were going through that, did it alter your mindset on a negative fashion or did it motivate you? What did it do? What did that situation do for you?
1: I mean, really, it solidified my confidence in myself because, right. you know, at first I was trying to explain and justify and like, no, no, you got to believe me. And then I was like, I don't care if you believe me or don't because awesome, like I know what I did. I know what I didn't do. And, you know whether you believe me or what, what you think really makes no difference on what I'm doing or what I'm gonna do.
0: Fantastic. Do you want to talk about your past in any part? Addiction, what drugs, anything, this is the opportunity that you can talk about some of your stuff, if you will. Um, I am more interested in emotions behind what you went through. Um, and how being at Racing for Recovery has helped you heal and handle things differently. But this is—you can say whatever you want regarding how you got here. But mainly, I want to hear like how you felt prior to coming here.
1: That's that's a lot. How how much time do we <laughs> However have? However
0: long you need, um, dude.
1: No, I I'd say like the core, the main, you know, emotion that really started my addiction and kept me going for so long was probably fear, like anxiety as a whole. Um, I suffer from PTSD, you know, going back early in life. And, you know, my, I still battle with anxiety. You know, you'll hear me sometimes, my voice will get shaky, I'll get, um, but before, you know, it was hard for me to even leave the house, to go out in public for, any reason and you know finding when i found that certain drugs took away that anxiety temporarily yeah. i i jumped all over it oh. and for years you know it took an outside substance to give me you know the little bit of comfort from that anxiety so that i could go out and do whatever i needed to do in the world but you know it there was a short period of time that it worked well, that it was beneficial, um, but that went away really quick once you know addiction took over and and that took over my life. Um, so I'd say one of you know as far as that feeling, since getting to racing, like I've learned to be able to face that anxiety and 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 push through it in spite of you know. In spite of anything else, like you know, I still do face that. Like I, I was facilitating the live stream last week and I was battling anxiety pretty pretty bad, but you know, I just I just kept kept going, I kept kept doing it and it turned out fine. So
0: how do you feel about that? Meaning, how do you feel about overcoming it? What does that do for your self esteem when you, you face it and you overcome it? What does that do to enhance your self esteem?
1: um it it only builds it builds it further you know it's the more you know it, it's the hardships it's the hard stuff that that helps us grow and you know advance to the next to the next level of of life you know if, if everything was easy and you never ran into any obstacles and you never had any struggles I mean you know you might be all right but you're not gonna you're not gonna grow you know it takes that it takes pain to to really grow, in, in my opinion. Um, so I feel like the more situations, the more hardships that I face and then, you know, make it through it, succeed through it, I have more confidence and more strength to face whatever, you know, whatever life throws at me next.
0: Uh, talk about the anxiety that and noticed my verbiage that you had the courage to, to talk about right now. And that's, that's what we're here to do. I, I love these podcasts for the impact that they're going to make on probably somebody that you'll never even meet. Right? right. So to relate to that person that's watching you right now, what did that anxiety, what did it prevent you from doing? You know, meaning like, I felt this way I didn't do something that you wanted to do and then what how did that feel as a result of that just what was the impact of that anxiety
1: I mean it 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 made it hard to do to to do everyday life events like just going leaving the house to go to the grocery store or to go you know let alone a, a social event like my social life was completely shut down because I couldn't go into a group of people and be myself and just be comfortable and, and, you know, grow in any type of social sense because my anxiety was so overwhelming that, you know, it shut me down. If I did have to go somewhere for whatever reason, you know, I was quiet, stuck to myself, and I left as soon as I was able to leave. Like, so it really... It made me feel like i wasn't wasn't capable of being normal
0: wow i have a question in that and i've never asked anybody this I'll give you a scenario you have an opportunity to work at uh, an electronic store okay you can work in the warehouse or you can work on the on the sales floor and make a ton of money Which one do you take? This is an addiction. Mm -hmm. Which one do you take?
1: I would take the warehouse.
0: I already knew the answer to that. You know why I'm asking you this? That happened to me. (laughs) And I've never, I've never, in all the stuff you've heard me do, I've never done this. So there's something new. But my uncle, uh, back when Highland Appliance was a thing here, that's old school. Mm -hmm. It's now ABC Warehouse. My uncle knew some people and said, hey, I can get you a job at, at Highland Appliance. And he said, you can work in the warehouse or you can have a job on the sales floor. And it's one of those brief moments where I said, I'll take the sales job. But I had a ton of anxiety over it. And I got in there and I did well. Mm-hmm. And then a person of authority, let's say, came in and saw me working in there and went to the management, said, do you know who that guy is? And they fired me the next day. And then, of course, I drank over it. And I I remember drinking and saying to myself, I I knew it. I shouldn't have done it. I should have stayed in the warehouse. I'm not good enough. And it's all that crap. Mm -hmm. And hearing you talk like that just reminded me of that. And that was 35 years ago. But the feelings are still there like they were yesterday. However, it's turned into confidence. So my next question in this is, I've always admired and respected your intelligence. Um, Thank you. I I want you to talk about that, but I'm curious, and I haven't asked you this before in any of the stuff that we've talked about. I want to know if you were cognizant of your intelligence back then when anxiety was crippling you. Hmm.
1: I thought I was to a certain extent like I knew you know in in high school a lot of things came easy for me um but I never really I never really internalized that and accepted it like like wow I I have a gift for yeah. for this I, I just I don't know I guess I brushed it over and you know as as I moved moved on into negativity I think even more so I you know lost touch with you know I I just I didn't I didn't care I didn't care if if I was smart if I was stupid if I was attractive ugly like at that point in my life all I cared about was putting another drug in my body so that I didn't have to feel anything
0: you mentioned that you were keenly aware of that gift so I'm asking you this question back in your former self if if you could have traded your intelligence for an elimination of anxiety would you have done it
1: yeah Mm -hmm.
0: would you do it now
1: now no right no because I know now you know my livelihood, my family's livelihood is benefiting from, you know, my intelligence and my ability to, you know, solve problems and do things that others can't do as well or as quick. So you know, knowing that now and knowing how valuable it is, you know, I can push through some anxiety, but
0: So how does it feel to talk about that like you are now?
1: it feels it feels great you know i i never thought that i would be a, i never thought that i would get to this point without any type of medication like right. you know that's a, another thing i'm not i haven't just been clean off drugs for 18 months like i stopped taking i don't take any type of pharmaceutical drugs awesome which i was convinced and believed in my heart that i would be on certain antidepressants etc whatever for the rest of my life because that's what I was told you know they don't they don't tell you when you get put on X pharmaceutical that you know that can be as damaging as an illegal drug you know I I don't know I w- I just thought that was something that I would have to take for the rest of my life and after getting past it and getting through it I feel feel better than than you could ever imagine so
0: you know you brought this up and i'm going to take a moment to the people that are watching this right now i i want you to pay attention to how this awesome dude is talking and the inflection in your voice because i don't know if you're aware of it i am because i pay it i pay attention to you and i know you Mm -hmm. i've noticed where your voice has when i was cracking and Mm -hmm. when it's not and it's interesting that when you when you start seeing in yourself, and it's why I'm asking you these questions that get you to talk like that, you're boom, you know, and it's it's shifted from a couple of subjects where you were talking about them before I led you into that, and it's, it's changed. And I will say this too, and I'm not putting all of your business out there, but you'll know what I'm talking about. You have gotten better at that. Every time I talk to you now, I notice where it's just you... That's the real you talking, right? right? And that that's awesome to hear. So I want, I want people that, you know, as this carries on, to listen to that, man, because other people are going through that, you yeah. know? And I mean, it may not come out in an inflection of voice, but mannerisms or what somebody says or their body movements, you know, and everybody can relate to that, you know?
1: Yeah, it's its embarrassing. I mean, I've had it all. My, my hands will be shaky. You know, my face will twitch here or there sometimes. Like it's a full... You know, anxiety is a full full physical
0: as well as emotional thing to deal yeah. with. So so how have and if if Racing for Recovery has helped in that, what is it about being here for 18 months that's actually worked for you to get you to be on this show and everything that you're successfully doing?
1: I mean, I, I think it's it's moved through different stages. Like at first, when I first got here, it was just about getting – my physical body you know back to back to stasis you know which the exercise the diet you know that that was that was huge huge for me, you know walking over every morning and hitting that gym you know was just working out all those toxins and and getting my physical body back to where it, it needed to be and then you move to the next stage where you start working on the trauma and the emotional you know damage and then you know you just keep keep progressing from from there um, so yeah I, I think the, the different stages of what you offer here you know you have to stick around and you have to do each part you know to the to the fullest yeah. but I you know n- nothing else has worked the way that this place has
0: have, have you did you come into into racing for recovery with with expectations or just a, a, a willingness and an open-mindedness to actually w- learn some stuff? And I'm, and I'm asking this to go back to the, the intelligence aspect that you have. I, I assume you don't walk into any educational institution and expect to know everything on day one mm-hmm. or to be, you're willing to be taught, right? And is, that, is that the same mindset that you applied here?
1: I think one of the main things that drew me here was the alternative you know approach to the whole recovery thing because i i've obviously been to other you know treatment programs that do the primary 12-step approach and in every single one of those that i was into i, I would asking questions what about this what about that what about this because it just didn't it didn't sit well with me that the only way that i could you know stay clean is if i do these you know do what they say i have to do like it just didn't it didn't make sense to me um because i you know i i believed in my heart that if i wasn't actively using drugs like i wasn't I didn't have to be an addict for the rest of my life I didn't I couldn't I couldn't just swallow that so I think you know hearing about this place I was like well you know that that makes sense that's kind of that's kind of how I that's how I think that's how I feel about the subject but you know I actually wanted to come here probably a year before I actually did but I was on you know medications through some of the other treatment programs that you can't take here, and breaking free from those, even though I was technically clean from drugs, I was still, you know, you know what I mean, there's yep. there's no difference. So I couldn't break free from the, the treatment meds long enough to come, you know, wow. get my life together.
0: I gotta take a pause and let that sink in for a second. What did that feel like, like having a desire to be here, but then it, it well, let me give you another compliment. I actually, that's called integrity. And, and again, a willingness, but an also an unfortunate, look, I'll just say it. Unfortunately, it's a lack of proper education in this field that didn't give you the opportunity that you should have had. Right. And that's a bold statement to make. That's part of why I started this and part of what bothers me is that blatant no, you can't because it's not one thing. Yep. But that goes against everything that some of those agencies promote is live and let live and don't judge with, without prior investigation, but it's mm-hmm. not applied. Mm-hmm. you know. And when I hear you talk like that, I hear a desire, hey, I want and it's you can't because but you're having the integrity that you have saying, well, I'm not going to disrespect going to Racing for Recovery because they don't do that, which, again, leads back to self-esteem and anxiety and all that, and it's just a vicious cycle. Right. You must feel like a million bucks with freedom.
1: I was just about to say, you know, talking about, you know, what I was experiencing before, I really I felt trapped, you know, because... I had to keep going to whatever meetings, programs, classes necessary in order to get my meds in order to keep me well it's i really i I felt trapped and um you know the prob, one of the greatest things for me that I ever did was stopping you know any type of of chemicals that you know going into my body prescribed, not prescribed, period, like it's the best thing I ever did for myself.
0: I'm just thinking what you said with trapped, if I had our people that come here and they felt trapped, we got a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. That's why I brought, when I said about that comment about being free, I don't want people to feel trapped in here, I want people to feel free and understand they gave themselves that freedom we're just providing an environment that's conducive to that freedom you know trapped is not sobriety trapped is addiction
1: right you can't give anybody freedom you can only take it away
0: right well i've done quite a few of these podcasts i haven't had any that have i've heard some of the things you've said today uh what do you want to talk about so I don't keep drilling you with questions? You said you had some questions, too. <laughs>
1: oh, I was just kind of joking with you.
0: <laughs> you um, can turn it around. That's all right.
1: Um, I know you joke around a lot about, you know, being the janitor here. You'll say, oh, I'm just the janitor. I'm just here. But, like, I got. I'm wondering how, you know, you are incredibly involved with all the people here, which, you know, being, being in your position at other places, you wouldn't necessarily see, you know, the founder of the place, walking around mingling with, you know, people that just walked in the door and talking to them. And I guess I'm wondering, is that something that you is a personal, does that help you personally? Or do you, do you do it for them or do you, or does it benefit you? That's
0: a good question. And it, Yeah, I shouldn't have asked you to ask any questions cause now I'm getting on the hot seat. No, I, that kind of started as a, as a joke. And it, it's still funny at times, but there's a serious message if people really pay attention to it again, like you are. And just today, I went in the in the kitchen and there was a, a new girl in there who was kindly cleaning. And I saw her yesterday, but I didn't get a chance to talk to her because we were in the group. And I, I asked her, I said, hey, you're new here, right? Yes. I asked her her name and I said, you know, nice to meet you. And she said, what's your name? And right away I was smiling internally because I'm like, great, she doesn't know who I am. And I said, I'm, I'm Todd. And then she said, she kind of looked at me and and kind of put it together, I think. And I made some crack about I'm, I'm just the janitor around here and she kind of laughed, so I think she knows. But I, I say that because it not for me, it's a, I think it's how I think and feel. I'm just a regular, I'm just a janitor. Or I shouldn't even say just the janitor, I'm just a person. And even if I was the janitor here, which I've done janitorial duties and I still do them, that's called humility, I you know, or whatever. Mm. Um, I don't want to. I don't want anybody in here to feel less than, and I don't want people to think above that either. Uh, and that kind of that started as a. It started as a joke when a, a lady that came in here. Um, she was looking. F- for help, I asked her, hey, you know, can I help you? And she said, Do you do you work here? That's what it was. Do you work here? And I said, Yeah, I'm the janitor. And she said, Can you find me somebody that can help me? And I have a situation to deal with. And I'm like, sure. And I directed her to some other people. And I'm not sure really why I did it at that time, because I'm qualified to help. And it stuck with me about how Our logo, Racing for Recovery, is more important than my name. Mm -hmm. And when people don't know who I am, it's a sign of hard work paying off. Um, Now, if somebody does know me and they're coming in to get some help, that's okay too. But I'm really proud of the fact of people that they don't know who I am. It's fun. And it's so Mm -hmm. I'm not, to answer your question again, I'm not doing it for me. I think I'm setting an, an example to someone who at that moment may not understand it, right. but then later on they will. And I've had that happen where there was a guy, I was running one of the IOP groups in our book choices when I was on the counter. And normally I turn the cover of it over, but I could see him looking at it and he put it together and go, hey, this is you. And I said, yeah. And I could tell on his face that he was like, why didn't you say that? And I'm like, it's irrelevant, you know? And I I see a lot of that in you. You could do it with your intelligence and you don't, you know? So when I see it in other people, it's a reflection of, I know I'm doing the right thing with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think sometimes I I hold back a little bit because of other experiences I've been in my life, um, like, Namely, when I spent some years in prison and that's the type of place where if you, you know, offering some information to somebody that might seem like a normal everyday, like, oh, no, hey, actually, this is the right way for some people that have low self-esteem and may not be educated and, you know, already look at themselves some type of way when you offer that knowledge to them they can take it as an insult so i've learned to kind of you know sometimes keep keep stuff to myself because i don't want somebody else to feel bad if that makes sense
0: a little bit so let me ask you this then when you first heard me say that how did you interpret it
1: um when I first heard you say what
0: about me being the janitor or whatever, oh. how did you take that?
1: Um, I took it as you being being humble, you know.
0: Yep. I took
1: it as humility all yep. day.
0: Right on. Yep. And I think that's when I'm asking questions like your intelligence, or when I've said to you many times, that's a good question. I'm trying to bring that out of you, bring your confidence out of you, and I mm. I do it to everybody when I see it. Right. You know say that stuff that's what people are lacking coming in here that we're trying to get them to build not in an an egotistical manner a factual manner that comes across with humility right? right that's those three words empathy humility and gratitude I I didn't realize how integral they are to the foundation of just good wholesome living and the more I'm in this it's like they're around us every day right wow, that's good. Are you going to bill my insurance for this? How does that work?
1: I'll, I'll try. I need to, <laughs> I need to figure that out.
0: <laughs> um, well, I, I, I say this to everybody that's at your stage, you know, and you don't, well, I don't want to make the statement, but you don't, do you have a desire of working in this field or with us, or are you sticking to the the journey you're on?
1: I've I've definitely thought about it pretty intensely and, you know i've asked you a lot of questions over the last year you know exploring exploring that in myself and i i think i've decided that it's not really the best fit for me um, just because I, I don't think i could handle the frustration and heartbreak of trying to yeah. get through to somebody and them them not taking you know i work i work in the construction industry and if if i go in and you know a, a piece of drywall needs to be replaced i measure it, I cut it, and then it's, it's gonna, it's gonna fit, you know, that drywall is not gonna say, well, I, I want it. I wanted to fit, but, you know, I couldn't because this or, you know, my ex girlfriend stopped me or my mom's dog died or whatever excuse that I don't, I wouldn't be able to handle that well, like, I like doing what I'm and, re, and really, it almost, like, I hate to say it, but I almost I like being in control. And I know with what I'm doing, like I'm in control. If if something doesn't doesn't work out, it's because I made a mistake. I don't have to, you know, try to convince anybody else to do something for me <laughs> to be successful.
0: Again, your your intelligence has paid off. You just saved yourself a lot of heartache. However, I'm not saying that you know, the field has a lot of there's some heartache in it. But if you can learn to handle the heartache. It, It's doable, but if you're cognizant enough of I want to skip that and just stay in something else, that's even better. So now that you don't want to be a clinician in this, I'm going to ask you to be one to yourself. What would you say now, where you're at now, to your former self? You're counseling yourself back then now. What do you say?
1: I'd just say it's going to be all right. Awesome. Simple as that.
0: Would you have believed it?
1: I would have had a hard time. Yeah. But I guess I would have to believe it if it's coming from me.
0: Wow. You know? There you go. That's cool. Have we ever talked music about stuff? We ha- I don't really. No. What's your favorite band?
1: God, it's, I don't know if I have one. So I go in, in waves. I've always, I've always been partial to
0: Metallica. Is there any of their – have we talked about Master of Puppets before? I don't I I don't don't think so. So this is relative to stuff. Are there songs that you heard in addiction, specifically even by them, Mm -hmm. that evoked certain emotion or you had certain thoughts or feelings that now have changed into something that's even more productive?
1: Mm. That's – that's kind of a hard one, I don't know, maybe I've always loved you know, nothing else matters Mm -hmm. and I feel like before, you know, I interpreted it, I I took an interpretation as, you know, more of a negative sense, like you know, nothing matters, not nothing else matters but, you know, now where my life has, has progressed to, you know, I've got my wonderful wife and my six month old daughter at home and you know now i look at it i'm like you know not nothing else matters like you know and when i'm sitting there with them really like nothing else matters
0: So dude spot on even if you're not a metallica fan you you got to listen to that song because and it's weird to say this but that's a love song mm-hmm. but it's not you wouldn't think of that by that band right you know I mean, and same with, um, I don't want to carry on too long in this, but I love this conversation. The same with Fade to Black. I remember listening to that thinking it was a, a suicide song, and it's not. They lost, their, their gear got stolen, and they were James was, you know, distraught about that and wrote it for that. It has nothing to do with suicide, and of course, that gets twisted around by the media or whatever, you know, right. but same with Master of Puppets, you know, the couple of lyrics in there are drug related but now to me looking back it's a sign of overcoming that and using it as motivation to carry on Mm -hmm. and i mean racing for recovery is huge into music and stuff and that's Mm -hmm. i love talking about stuff like that you know um what's the hardest thing you've endured in your sobriety
1: um Sure, you probably already know that I would say this, but you know, on August fifth, my mom uh, took her own life. So that's definitely been been the hardest
0: thing. I am not asking you this stuff to beat you up at all, um, and I wondered if you'd say a different answer than that, but you didn't. That's okay. What what have you? What have you learned about her, and what have you learned about yourself from that loss
1: about her? I learned you know that there that there was more going on with her than what I thought mm-hmm. um, and myself i've I've learned that. And no matter what comes my way, I can, I can make it through. I don't, have to, I don't have to get up, I don't have to give up, and I don't have to go back to you know, unhealthy behaviors just because life isn't
0: going good. That's uh, big idea number three that we always talk about. We're not immune to life's hardships, right? If you, uh, let's say for whatever reason, you started thinking and feeling that dark stuff would you have the courage to ask for help now
1: yeah i would i would feel obligated to ask for help just because like i said now you know with with my family with my wife with my daughter like they they depend on me like it's not i'm i'm not only taking care of myself i'm you know i'm taking care of all of us so if i'm if i'm on shaky ground like there's no room for failure I, you know i you know if you're driving down the highway and your wheel starts to wobble you you got to fix it before you crash right on and, you know, i'm not going to crash
0: do you see that as another sign of overcoming you know anxiety and building more self esteem yeah yeah man Wow. Okay, we'll switch to some humor for a second. You want to tell everybody about the fact that you almost killed me during that marathon?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you almost killed yourself.
0: <laughs> That's good, right? Yeah. I can't blame somebody else, right?
1: Right. So I'm, you know, walking to the end of my street because I heard, you know, I looked up the route on your your marathon, your run, and I was like, hey, they're running right. Right past our street, so I'll go down there and meet them. And there's traffic going down one side of the road, and they're running down the other. And Todd sees me, and I wave, and he cuts, doesn't even look, just cuts right across, right across the road to come, you know, give me a high five. And I'm like, man, there's trying to get hit by a car. Like, didn't even look.
0: Yeah, that was uh, that was funny. Um, and it, you know, and on a serious note again. I love watching people just get their lives together and just seeing you standing out there that day. It's like, to me, it's an instant reaction to just get, I'm gravitated towards that, you know, and seeing you standing there, it was like, I didn't even think it's a knee jerk reaction, probably should have paid attention a little bit more, but I'm like, man, there's that success thing or whatever, you know, and that was, that was great, you know, because I mean, sometimes those things are a drag or it's monotonous or whatever, you know, and just seeing you out there gave me a burst of, of energy, you know, and I thought that's I talked about this on a recent podcast too. that exchange of motivation between two human beings could be between two different races, sexual orientation, religious beliefs doesn't matter. It's that exchange of awesomeness that that was it that day. You know, I, I think mm-hmm. that's. cool bond that we have that you almost tried to kill me (laughs) um what else do you want to say maybe there's not a question you want to ask but what do you want to say during this what needs to be said
1: i wasn't wasn't prepared to give a a motivational speech here so i don't know I think the the best thing I can say is you got to figure out what works best for you. You know. I think I kind of feel like that's a lot of the foundation of this whole this whole place is, you know, there's more than one way to get to Cleveland. And, right. You know, don't give up because somebody else's way isn't working, you know. Everyone's got to run their own race. You got to figure out Only you know what you need.
0: Dude, I can't, we've been talking for 45 minutes or I had no idea it was that quick. That is a, that's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. I want people to be able to come in and experience what you just said right there. Mm -hmm. Whatever whatever your path is, how do we help you create it and then live it? I do want, I want you to talk about this. What's it like for you to be up there facilitating our signature meeting what I mean that meeting is where this whole thing started and you're now a part of running those meetings at times what is that what's that like for you
1: it really f- helps me feel you know like a like a significant part of this family like you know because I'm no longer receiving you know services I'm not in treatment here anymore so it's you know, it's. I feel like it's. It would be easy for me to to disconnect and you know move move on with my life in another way. But doing that, you know, keeps me connected. It keeps me here. It gives me a chance to to try to give back. And
0: you know. there's, on a statistical standpoint, the um, service industry, mainly bars and restaurants, and the construction field, the two most um, prevalent areas of employment that lead to substance abuse issues, and it's imperative. And I don't care how much time you have, if you get disconnected in any capacity from what has helped you get to where you are, I won't say it won't work, I'll ask a question of how do you expect to keep it? And that's one of the things that I admire about you and why I ask the questions I asked, it's fine, you don't want to work in this field, that doesn't matter but the fact that you're intelligent enough and care about yourself enough to stay connected to this in some capacity, that's the stuff that to me is admirable in a crystal clear example to other people. Like this is what it takes. Right. And mm-hmm. you're dude, you're doing it. I'm proud of you, man. Thank you. I love, love talking to you. Um, I don't have any other further questions for you, man unless you have any for me or any more profound statements. Uh,
1: I don't know. It, it's hard to think of things with bright lights shining in your face.
0: This is one of the, like, when sometimes, and you didn't, but sometimes people will say to me, well, what are you going to ask me when I come on this? I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you that because it sounds can I like these things just to flow, yeah. you know. But um, we will take your picture, and we'll get it up on on the uh, the icon page, as it rightly should be. Thanks Thanks. for coming on this, man.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Until next time, America. I think that was one of those shows where they (laughs) used to say that. No, but uh, thanks for tuning in to this awesome podcast. Share it. Put it in the face of somebody else who needs to be at Racing for Recovery to get what this awesome dude has. Check us out on our YouTube page, Facebook page, and certainly that live stream support group meeting. Until next time, take it easy.